0: I'm honored to present our speaker for today. I've known this person ever since they were a baby, <laughs> but I know many of you have too. But it's an honor to have Whitney Browning with us this morning, and I know she has a lot of things on her heart to share with you this morning as she shares maybe some of God's word. But I'm gonna ask her if she'll come and uh, speak to us right now. Isn't Jesus good? Thank you, Barry. I think Barry just about preached my message this morning. So maybe we can all go home early because
1: other than Jesus,
0: I'm not really sure that there's much else that we can talk about or that we should talk about or that I would even be more excited to talk about. So Jesus, and we can pretty much just end it there, you know. If you're thankful for Jesus this morning, can you just give him some worship? Can you just give him some praise? He is so good. He is so good to us. I'm so excited to be here this morning. I know that many of you know me. Some of you may not. I'm Whitney Browning, born and raised right here in Voice of Praise Worship Center. I have a beautiful family that has served in this church for years and years. And about two and a half years ago, I guess, I kind of uprooted and moved out to Oklahoma to serve the awakening. If you don't know what the awakening is, it is the Department of World Missions Ministries for the IPHC that is dedicated to the equipping, the discipleship, the resourcing, and the mobilization of a generation into the harvest for the glory of God. And we believe that this generation will change the world But we also know that this generation can't change the world on their own accord, but only through the power given through Christ. And so we believe that we will see revival hit the heart of every young person, not even just here in America, not here in Bluefield, but all around the world. So day in and day out, that's what we strive to see is revival hit. So we just walk in pure obedience to the Lord in hopes that what we do, the discipleship that takes place, that revival would start, that something would spark in the hearts of the people that we encounter, and that Jesus would encounter them in such a way that they fall so madly in love with Him that they don't want to do anything else with their lives. I know that I have fallen so in love with Jesus that I don't want to do anything else in my life but serve Him. And so we do that in a multitude of ways. We have mission trips, we have internships, but we also have something called International Training Bases Around the World, and I'm excited to tell you this morning that though I've served for two and a half years out in Oklahoma, I'm actually in the process of moving to one of these international training bases. We're opening one in South Africa, and I could tell you a ton about it, but I'm not going to. Is that video good, Dave? But I'm not going to. Instead, I'm going to show you a little video, so if you'll just check it out. Hey guys, Whitney here. You know, our next awakening base is going to open here in Africa, and we're so excited. Hi, my name's Haley. I was in Zambia with The Awakening last year at The Awakening Africa Conference. It was our very first conference in Africa, so it was so awesome to be a part And I remember I made so many connections with young people who were hungry, not only for God to move, but for them to be a part of that move. As we are opening the base in South Africa, This is our desire that we would be able to partner with these young people and help them, equip them, empower them to do the work of the Lord. Our goal is to provide practical hands-on ministry experience that will train them for their futures in ministry, as well as provide an opportunity for them to be spiritually mentored. These young people are ready and they want to do their part building the kingdom of God. Is doing in Africa. As you heard, the two girls that talked, one of them is actually from Oklahoma, and the other one is actually from the country of Hungary, where we have another international training base. And it will be the three of us who are headed to South Africa to open this space. And what you saw in the video a little bit was a conference that we did in December of 2019. And what we did was we went to South Africa and we spent two days in prayer, just in prayer. We went to a boardroom. And we prayed, just prayed our little hearts out and just sought the Lord's face to figure out what he wanted our purpose to be in the nation. And while we were there, the Lord just started really dealing with my heart and really speaking to me. And at first I thought, this is just, this is just for Africa. This is just for them. I didn't think that I was going to be part of the team that was going to Africa. But then we got to Zambia and I saw These young people, we had young people from about eight different countries around the southern, the southern part of Africa with their national leaders and national youth directors. And we saw the Lord just do some mighty things. In the video you saw that a bunch of them have come up for prayer. And what happened was it was an afternoon service, not even a morning service, not even an evening service, just an afternoon service after we had gone on a hike, everyone had eaten lunch, you're tired, you're exhausted, you're sweaty, you just want to take a nap. But the Lord moved, and the question was phrased like this. We had all of the national leaders lined up, and the question was made, or the statement rather, if you want the fire, come and get it. And we saw all of these young people who desired to pour their lives out like an offering to the Lord, just flood the altar as the leaders just laid their hands and put a mantle on them and said, okay, I believe in you because you can go and reach your generation. And there's a generation of people in Africa who I believe revival is hitting in their hearts and they are willing and obedient to do whatever it takes to see Jesus made known all around the earth. At The Awakening, we really believe that it's not just us that it's up to to go and spread the gospel, but we believe that we're just part of the people who are discipling, because we believe that when we get to Africa, we're going to be discipling these people, and they're going to be the ones that are then going to go to all throughout the world and spread the gospel. But what I want to share with you today is that it's not just in Africa. And I think that's my most... That's the most exciting part to me is that what takes place in Africa, what takes place in Latin America, what takes place in Asia, what happens all around the world isn't just for the rest of the world, but it's for here too. And we believe as the awakening and as myself, I believe that yes, we're going to see revival go to these places that we go, but I also believe that revival can start right here in the hearts of the people right here. And so we don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss it. I heard the Lord tell me two things when we were in Africa. One of them was, the limits are off. And I thought he was talking about Africa. The limits are off. That's great, God. The limits are off. But I believe that it goes much further than that. I believe that the Lord is saying, okay, whatever you want to see take place in the earth. I want to do it more than you want to see it. The limits are off. You just have to ask You just have to ask. You just have to be obedient. And then the second thing that he told me is the stage is set. If we're really ready to follow the Lord anywhere and to do whatever it takes for his glory to be revealed in the earth, then the stage is set. So I'm excited to share with you this morning because what he's doing in Africa, he's doing right here. And I'll even tell you what that is. He wants to totally consume every part of your being he wants to totally consume every part of your heart so father we come to you this morning just giving you our hearts god just giving you our willingness giving you our obedience father we pray lord that as we open the word this morning That you would reveal some truth, God, some scriptures, some more of your spirit made evident here in this house this morning, God. I pray that you would open our eyes, that you would open our ears, God, that you would anoint my lips, God, that you would anoint the words that come out of my mouth, Father, to bring you and you alone glory, God. Speak to us, Father, in Jesus' name. If y'all don't mind. Turn with me to Joshua chapter 6. And I want to talk a little more to you about what I see happening in the earth right now. And I think it's funny, and this is the part where Barry almost stole my, my sermon for today. Because the Lord is doing so much in the earth, and he really does want to break any strongholds that we have in our life. And I think it's also funny because my mom, of course, is the worship leader. And I asked her last night, I said, what songs are y'all doing tomorrow morning? And when she told me that they were doing I Speak Jesus, I went back into my room and I listened to the words. And I was like, oh, this goes right along with what I'm going to talk about. And so I was super excited because he really does. He wants to break every stronghold in our life. And I'm so thankful. That's why he came. So we're going to talk about a familiar passage of scripture today. But perhaps if you grew up in church, you heard it. It's Joshua fighting the battle of Jericho. I think there's even a song that I learned in Sunday school. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. But we're not going to sing the whole song this morning. But I want to start in Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. It says, Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out, and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. Now we could just stop right here. We're not going to, but we could just stop right here. And we could say, before the Lord told him anything else, he had already told him that he had the he had the land. But we're going to keep going. Verse 3. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus shall you do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark. On the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down. And the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priest and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Go forward, march around the city, and let the armed men pass on before the Ark of the Lord. Verse 8. And just as Joshua had commanded the people... The seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets, with the ark of the covenant of the Lord following them. Verse 9. The armed men were walking before the priests who were blowing the trumpets, and the rear guard was walking after the ark. While the trumpets blew continually, but Joshua commanded the people, You shall not shout or make your voice heard. Neither shall any word go out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. Then you shall shout. So he caused the Ark of the Lord to circle the city, going about it once, and they came into the camp and spent the night. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the Ark of the Lord, and the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horn before the Ark of the Lord walked on, and they blew the trumpets continually. And the armed men were walking before them, and the rear guard was walking after the Ark of the Lord, while the trumpets blew continually. And the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp, so they did for 6 days, verse 15. On the 7th day they rose early at the dawn of day and marched around the city in the same manner 7 times. It was only on that day that they marched around the city 7 times, and at the 7th time when the priests had blown the trumpets Joshua said to the people, "Shout, for the Lord has given you the city." And then if we go down to verse 20, it says so the people shouted and the trumpets were blown. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout, and the wall fell down, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. So why are we talking about this passage? I think that the Lord wants to tell us that there are no more walls. There's no more walls. In fact... When the Lord told Joshua, see, I have given you the city, it was before he gave him any other instructions. But then after he told them that, he was like, okay, so what I want you to do is I want you to march around the wall six times, but so you're going to be quiet. But there's also going to be ram's horns. And then on the seventh day, you're going to walk march around it seventh times. I know it's exhausting. It's a big wall. But you're going to do it. And then you're going to shout. And you know what? You'll probably look crazy but that's what I'm asking you to do. You wouldn't have come up on this plan with your own, but I'm the Lord and I did and it's going to work. See, I've already given you the land. And he tells him that. And then Joshua is just crazy enough that he goes to the priests and he says, okay, 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 here's what we're going to do. I know this is a fortified city. Now, don't get me wrong. The Lord has promised us the promised land, so we're going to get it. And this city, yeah, it's intimidating, and there's people, and we're going to have to conquer it. And I just think that maybe the best way for us to do it is to march around the city once a day for six days just being really quiet. And then on the seventh day, we're going to do it seven times. And the priests were just crazy enough to believe the Lord that they were like, Alright, where's the Ark of the Covenant? Which is symbolic of the presence of God. Alright, where's the Ark of the Covenant? Somebody get my ram's horn. Let's do this. And I wonder what it would be like if we saw the victory that Jesus had already given us. Because the Lord told Joshua, See, I have given you the land. And I feel like the Lord tells us all the time, I've already sent my son. He's already bought your life. He's already paid the ransom. He already defeated death, hell, and the grave. But what if we were just crazy enough to act like we believed in? What if we were just crazy enough That we believed that we could live lives of freedom and not of bondage and not be held down by any sin, any shame, any type of depression, or any type of stronghold that's keeping us down. If you're a note taker, I'm a note taker, I don't know if any of y'all are note takers. If you're a note taker, this is called No More Walls. And he gave him the game plan. And maybe today you have some spiritual ground that the Lord is wanting you to take. Maybe some physical ground that the Lord is wanting you to take. But I think there's some steps. I think there are some instructions that the Lord gives us in order to be able to see this come to fruition. So again, if you're a note taker. Number one, we've got to have a gospel preparation. We've got to have a gospel preparation. Gospel, the good news, the salvation of Jesus come to this earth to save all who were lost. He came to seek and save all who were lost. That means me, that means you, that means every person on this earth. And I am so thankful because only in him do I have eternal life. And I think this freedom is something that Joshua already had a grasp of. Because you see, Joshua wasn't new to taking new land. Joshua wasn't new to what new freedoms looked like. See, Joshua had been with Moses for quite a while until Moses died. In fact, Joshua is believed to have been in Egypt when they were still slaves. He had been a slave before. And then he knew what it was like to follow the Lord out of that, out of captivity. And so now, when the Lord is saying, Alright, let's do something a little crazy Joshua's like, I know what this looks like. I know what freedom looks like. I know what it looks like to walk in this. So let's do it. Because see, he told Joshua, I have given you this land. And he had told them that for generations. And so Joshua knew this. And he's told us for generations. See, I have given you eternal life. And so what if we believed it? What if we believed what it says in the prophet Isaiah. Turn with me, if you will, to Isaiah 61. This is probably one of my favorite passages. In Isaiah chapter 61, the prophet Isaiah says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, He has set me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance for our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of faint spirit, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. And then when you flip over to Luke chapter four, we see this man, we see this man named Jesus who goes into the temple, into the synagogue, and he's handed a scroll. And he opens the scroll, and when he opens the scroll, he begins reading from, guess where? The prophet Isaiah. And he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and if you skip down to verse 21, he then says, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus tells them exactly why he came as he echoes the words of Isaiah. To proclaim good news to the poor, to, to proclaim liberty to the captive, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And what if we believed it and acted like he actually did those things? What if we believed that we were free, that no prison held us down, no prison of flesh, no prison of man, because he came to give us life and life eternal. The gospel goes before us in everything. If we want to see revival come across every part of this earth, then the gospel has to go before us. If there is one thing that I'm confident in. It's that we will never see the Lord do anything in this earth. If we don't know the man Jesus. If we can't explain why he came to this earth. And if we're unwilling to share him with the rest of the world. He's the reason that we come here on Sundays. He's the reason we're breathing. He's the reason we're alive. Only He gives us hope. There's a second thing that I believe if we're going to see revival happen and strongholds fall down in our lives, that we won't entangle ourselves with things of this world. See, Joshua had a chance to. Even before he got to this point, he had a chance to. See, earlier, Him and a few other people were sent into Canaan to spy out the land. And when they went to spy out the land, they found that the land was actually flowing with milk and honey. But, they were kind of cowardly. And they got afraid by all of the people who were there. And so the spies got together and they were like, alright man, here's what we're going to do. We're going to tell them that it's no good. The land is just no good. We can't do it. We're not going to take it. But then interestingly enough, their report is what actually keeps them out of the promised land. Because all of these people, all of these Israelites started saying, Oh, woe is us, woe is us, why did you ever take us out of Egypt? Why would you do such a thing? Send us back there because they lost track of God's promise. Based off of what man said. But God doesn't want us to entangle ourselves with things of this world. See, this past year, it's been COVID. It's been politics. It's been so many things that could deter us from what the Lord is wanting to do in the earth. But if we fix our eyes on things eternal, that's all that matters. It's all that matters. See, when these people, these Israelites, decided not to trust the Lord, it kept them from the promised land. But, there were two people who the Lord said was going to get to go. One of which was Joshua. And we see it in chapter 5. It's a time of consecration for the Israelites. As they prepare to conquer Jericho, the Lord told, tells Joshua, You've got to circumcise All of the Israelites. Why? Because the past generation was gone. New consecration was necessary. Because these people were to make it into the promised land. And he says, For the people of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness until all the nations, the men of war who came out of Egypt, perished. Because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. The Lord swore to them that he would not let them see the land that the Lord had sworn to their fathers to give them, a land flowing with milk and honey. So it was their children whom he raised up in their place. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to be obedient to the Lord only to have him tell me that the promises that were in order for me to have I walked in disobedience and I choose not to claim them. And so instead, it's the next generations that claim it. No, I want to be part of the generation who's like, Okay, Lord, I'm just crazy enough to believe what you say, to walk in obedience, to trust you at your word, to do as you say, and to not let these external things of the world take me away from your plan, from your purpose. I want to walk in obedience. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I don't want to live based on external things. I want to let my mind be transformed by the renewing of the word, by the reading of the word, by trusting in the scripture. In Joshua chapter 1, when he first takes the reins and he starts to run with the Lord's order, the Lord tells him very clearly, pay attention to the law, do not look to the left or to the right, but pay attention right here, what's right here, what's written. Not what's externally around you, but the Lord And if we're going to see revival take place. If we're going to see strongholds broken off of our lives. Then we've got to stop looking to the left and to the right. And we've got to start fixing our gaze on Jesus. We've got to start fixing our eyes on the one who came to save us from everything else. That's two. Three. We have to run on orders from heaven and act in pure obedience. Hebrews 11, the faith chapter, talks about all these great men and women of faith who really let the Lord just turn their lives upside down and they were willing to do whatever it took to see his glory revealed in the earth. And in Hebrews 11, it tells us by faith, The walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled seven days. Now, Joshua and the Israelites, they walked around these walls six days. Okay? That means they had six days that they had to be obedient. And then again on the seventh day, in order to see the Lord just make the wall fall flat. But I believe that it takes obedience far before that. It took Joshua obedience for his whole life. And we have to be obedient now. One of the greatest things that I think was ever said to me. Was that first, our obedience is our sacrifice to the Lord. It's the greatest, it's the greatest worship I could give him. Is by being obedient to him. But secondly, I was told, even delayed obedience is disobedience. And could you imagine what it would have looked like if the Israelites would have been like, Alright, so the Lord told Joshua that we needed to walk around this wall. And then we're going to see it fall. But I'm really tired today. And I think that maybe I should just rest. And then maybe just do it. In a few days. And then throughout the six days. uh, We'll take a break today. We'll restart. Tomorrow will be day two. Or tomorrow will be day three. But Joshua didn't do that. As soon as he heard from the Lord. He walked in pure obedience. And he went to the priests And he said this is what the Lord said to do. And then they all went to the people. And said okay this is what the Lord said to do. And they did it. They did it right then. Because the Lord is worthy of our obedience. If he died on the cross to save me from death, hell, and the grave, then I don't want to be found being disobedient to him. And there's freedom when we walk in obedience to his will and to his word. We have to learn to be obedient now, even in the six days, so that when the seventh day comes and the Lord tells us to shout, that it doesn't seem like some far off thing. Lord, you're telling me to shout? No, because I've already been walking around this wall. I'm prepared for this. I know what the Lord is doing. And I feel like we need to be prepared that if we're going to see revival in the earth, if we're going to see the Lord do some crazy things in the earth, then we have to be walking in obedience, believing that He's going to do it. Because He's going to do it. And then when the Lord says, Okay, get on your knees and pray. It's not going to be crazy to us. Okay, Lord. Lord. I'm going to get on my knees and pray. Or when the Lord says, okay, I want you to fast a meal and give all the food that you were going to eat to the disenfranchised, to the poor and to the needy. Or maybe when the Lord says, okay, I want you to take that bonus that you got and go pour it into a nonprofit or a ministry. It's not going to be crazy to us. Because we know what the Lord is wanting to do. He's already given us the land. He tells Joshua, see, I have given you this land. And he tells us, see, I have given you eternal life. And that eternal life is not just for us. Because of the Great Commission, he tells us to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Holy Spirit. And I want to be found obedient doing that. I don't know about you guys, but I do not want to be disobedient And if the Lord says, get up in the middle of the night and pray. Then I think we should. I think it costs something to follow Jesus. I was so stirred one night. In prayer, it was about 10 o'clock at night. And I could not sleep. I had just gotten ready for bed. And I had actually gotten in bed. And realized I am wide awake. But I could tell. Can you ever just tell when the Lord wants to do something? I could just tell that the Lord wanted to do something. So I got up out of my bed and I have this little desk on the corner of my, the corner of my room. And so I went and I sat at my little desk and I pulled out my Bible and I pulled out my journal and I didn't know what I was going to write, but I just started writing what I was feeling. Lord, I can't sleep. I know that you want to do something. And just like that, he began to share with me the parable of the treasure in the field. In Matthew, where it says the man went into the field and he found a treasure. Upon finding the treasure, he covers it up. He goes, he sells everything that he has so he can buy the field. It cost him something. Finding the kingdom of God, because it says the kingdom of God is like a treasure in the field. Finding the kingdom of God costs us something. It costs us our obedience. It costs us our lives. And if Jesus gave his life for us, then I want to give my life back to him. It costs us something. Leonard Ravenhill wrote in his book, Why Revival Tarries. He said, This world hits the trails for hell with the speed that makes our fastest plane look like a tortoise. I'm going to read that again. This world hits the trail for hell with a speed that makes our fastest plane look like a tortoise. Yet alas, few of us can remember the last time we missed our bed for a night of waiting upon God for a world-shaking revival. Our compassions are not moved. And I would argue to say, if they were, then we would walk in obedience. Because there's a world around us. There's a world around us that is hitting the trail for hell with a speed that makes the fastest plane look like a tortoise. And I want to be like Joshua. If Joshua had experience coming out of Egypt and he knew what it was like to walk in momentary freedom. Because they still had to get to the promised land. And we have Jesus and we can walk in freedom. Then I want to lead like Joshua. Joshua. And I want to say, hey, this is what the Lord is saying. We can have freedom. Come with me. Let's take the walls of Jericho. Let's do what the Lord says to us. Let's walk around the wall. I don't care if it looks crazy. I know what Jesus is wanting to do. I have a gospel preparation. I'm willing to be obedient. I don't care what people say. I don't care what people think. Lord, your people are going to hell. And you've given us a game plan of something to do about it. And I can't just sit on the sideline and not take part. See, Joshua knew the land was theirs. He knew the walls had to fall. He was willing to make the necessary sacrifices to see it happen. And my question to myself and to y'all this morning is how badly do you want to see the walls fall in your own life? How badly do you want to see the strongholds bro- broken off in your own life? Or in the life of people around you? How badly do we want revival to happen? But the truth is, is that it costs us something. Maybe it's our, maybe it's our pride. Maybe, maybe I think about myself too much. Instead of thinking about others or Jesus or what He's done for us. Maybe it's my time. Maybe I monopolize my time in such a way that I don't give Him the honor and the glory that He deserves. Maybe it's my whole life. What are we willing to let it cost us? Because there's something that I'm very, very convinced of. We can't see, and I've said this, we can't see the Lord do something in the earth, either in our lives or in the lives of people around us, if we don't know who Jesus is, if we don't know how to talk about Him, and if we don't know how to share Him. But I'm also convinced That we can have a lot of passion and zeal for the Lord. We can be truly on fire for Him. But if we're not willing to be obedient to what He tells us to do, then what's the point? I think Barry was spot on this morning when he shared after worship. Whatever impediment you have in your life. Whatever stronghold you have in your life. Jesus wants to break it. And he's given us a game plan to see it happen. And it looks like. And it sounds like. Jesus. On a cross. And I think. That maybe if we were just crazy enough to believe it. That we would all in our own way, however the Lord tells us to do it. Be obedient to his voice. Because see, I think. Like those in the upper room who gathered. They didn't gather together just to be together. We haven't gathered this morning just To be together. We've gathered this morning because the Lord built the church. And he's doing something through the church. But not the building. He's doing something through the people. And I don't know about you, but I came here this morning... Just like I go to church every Sunday. Not because I just want to gather with people. Or just because it's what I'm supposed to do on a Sunday. But it's because I want to learn about Him. It's because I want to be more like Him. It's because I want to learn how to share Him with the world. And it's because I believe that He can do something in my life. And I believe that this morning... He wants to show you more of himself. He wants to teach you more about him. He may just want to put something on your heart that he's asking you to be obedient in and sharing him with others. And he might want to break down the stronghold in your own life. And it may look like, spiritually, whatever he tells you to do, walking around and making a loud shout. It seemed crazy to them. But if he said it, then my answer is yes. And I think a lot of you in here today, if he says it, then your answer is yes. Revival is never going to take place if we don't know who Jesus is. So Jesus, teach us who you are. Teach us your love for people. Show us your game plan, Father. Will y'all stand with me? And we're just going to go to the Lord and ask Him to move in our hearts. Because I believe that He already is. So if you'll just close your eyes. Here's what I want you to do. If you feel like you need Jesus to remind you who he is today, then I just want you, there's not even any music playing, just lift your hands and worship to him. Father, show me more of who you are, God. God, I need a gospel preparation, Father. I've tasted what your freedom, what your liberty liberty is like, God, You came to bring liberty to set captives free, and I believe it, and I believe that you can do it in my own life, Father. Bring freedom. I speak freedom into the house this morning. God, make us obedient. Make us obedient to your word. Make us obedient to your way. Make us obedient to your will, Father. Whatever that looks like, whatever that sounds like, it may sound like shouting loud on the seventh day, God, but we will do it because that's what you've asked us to do, Father. So prepare our hearts for strongholds to be broken. And right now what I want you to do is if you have some kind of stronghold, you need some kind of healing in your life, like Barry already said this morning, or even if you need Jesus to come into your heart for the first time, I just want you to put a hand in the air and just start praying. Lord, I need healing. If you need healing, ask Him for it. In the name of Jesus, that's why He came. Healing in the name of Jesus. If there's something in your life that is keeping you from Him, we come against it in the name of Jesus. We speak freedom in the name of Jesus. Strongholds have to fall in the name of Jesus. Healing comes in the name of Jesus. It's you, Jesus. It's you, Jesus. And lastly, Father, we pray that you would make us obedient, God. Make us obedient, God. Like never before, Father, make us obedient. We want to see what you have in this earth, God. Do it. Do it, Father. We're just crazy enough to believe it. You don't keep us in shame. You don't keep us in sin. You've given us life. You've given us peace. You've given us healing. You've given us hope. You've given us restoration. You've given us salvation. You're good, Father. You're good, Father. We believe that you're doing a work around the world. And we also believe that you are doing a work right here in Bluefield, right here in the hearts of everyone gathered in this room, Father. And in my own heart, Father, have your way. We pray, have your way, God. And we lift your name. We say, Jesus. Jesus, over every situation, over every stronghold, over every ailment, every fear, every sickness. In the name of Jesus. We will see the walls fall down as we walk in obedience to your Word. Stir our hearts, Jesus. And let revival come, God, as we surrender ourselves wholeheartedly to you. Personal revival in our hearts, God. In your name. Amen. It is such an honor to talk about Jesus. He fills us with hope. He fills us with joy. He fills us with love. So I pray that today as you go out, that you would be filled with his hope, with his joy, with his love, and with his freedom. And also thank you for letting me come share with you guys. I love each and every one of you. I know that the work that I get to be involved with around the world is not possible without your obedience to the Lord. Because your sacrifice is what helps, helps send me. Your senders. I just happen to be the one that goes on planes. So thank you guys for sharing missional hearts with me. Jesus is so good. I pray that y'all have a good Sunday and be blessed. You're dismissed.